welcome to the Midwest Frontier Podcast. I am Jim. And I'm Pat. And this is a podcast dedicated to anything in the outdoors in the Midwest. We like to cover hunting, fishing, conservation, a little bit of opinion, and a little bit of lifestyle. We like to talk about the touchy and hot topics. Anything controversial that involves the outdoors. Each week we try to have a segment with Bushlight Billy where he goes over a recipe or a tip or a trick for cooking. There's so much to talk about, so come and join us on the Frontier. All right, so we're back with Mike from Muskie Money. Uh, Real Services LLC. We just were back. If it sounds like we're recording these back to back, it's because we are. <laughs> he lives kind of far from me, so I brought the stuff up. But I want to do two episodes: one with the reels you guys already heard, and now this one. Just want to hear because you talk to a lot of fishermen, do a lot of fishing, been doing all different kinds of fishing. Yeah. So just kind of want to get your take on the whole thing, you know? Because um, like me, I ask a lot more questions than I give answers, so I like asking, you know, because I might learn something all the time. I do, you know. But um, so pretty much we were going to start out with was like the initial how long you've been fishing, who got you into it, you know, a typical question somebody would ask you. Uh, I've been fishing my whole life. My dad got me into it. Uh, my family had a place in Wisconsin that I would spend my weekends at, fishing off the pier, catching panfish, bass, pike here and there. Cane pole. Cane pole, yeah, <laughs> cane pole or, you know, whatever old poles we had laying in the garage there. It was in my family forever. So how old were you when you finally got to start using a reel? Did you feel like a real man when you got to use a reel? <sighs> I did. See, I don't remember. Oh, you know, I take that back. I do remember having a little push button. I had a push button for... Actually, you know where I got that from was... Do you remember the pool that was in Worth? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And in the fall, they would turn it into a fishing tournament there. I remember. There were big cats yep, in the bottom big catfish. And that's, I remember, that's where I got my first... A uh, little push bun Shakespeare reel. Uh-huh. I, it was like a giveaway or whatever they were doing. I remember throwing that. sparks when he cast yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I that and ran a lot of cheap Shakespeare reels when I was young. Oh yeah, you never give a kid something no, nice, you know. No. Half the time it's gonna end up out in the water anyway. Yeah. But I remember when I got my first spinning reel. I felt like I was like now a grown man. You know, yeah. I was probably like ten or whatever it was. You know. But, yeah, uh, I remember uh, me and my dad were walking around the boat show. I was. Maybe a freshman in high school. I was even younger than that. We we each bought two combos each. And I thought, like, oh, man, 50 bucks for two combos. What are we doing? <laughs> this is crazy money. But now, you know, nowadays it's nothing. But, uh, no, those, I I still have those reels. I just actually just stripped them down, cleaned them, and they're sitting on my, on my bench. Yeah, I got a, I still have some couple of the old ones I got. The one thing, I, you know what, I should have asked you on the last episode. Could, do, you, do you remember the Shimano side stab? It was a reel I had when I was a kid. No. And it was just like the Spyrex, but like some dumbed down version. Yeah. Of but can you, do you think you can still get parts for Shimano from 15, 20 years ago? Do you think not, it's still- probably not from Shimano unless they're using it in something else? Um, I, I, I broke the, it's like the 90 degree bevel gears. Yeah. If you want, shoot me the model number. Okay. And I'll try and find something that'll work. I think it's a 4,000 series, actually. That's a big reel. Maybe a 2,500, yeah. you know, but it, it is a big reel, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's probably a 4,000. Because I have the ultralight, burn that thing out. I still have it. So I think it's actually at my parents' house. But anyway, so back to starting fishing. So you uh, obviously just did it. The rest of us just been fishing long, and then you yeah, remember forever, starting. I mean, forever. Uh, it's, I remember going to the forest preserves where we grew up and fishing. My dad taking me there when I was young. and Because of that, have you ever gotten somebody into fishing? Um. Well, I've got my buddy Timmy in the fishing. I got him in the musky fishing. Now he, I took him on. Uh, I got him on a. I took him on a trip with me. I got him his first walleye, his first pike. Now we're working on getting him his first musky. And uh, he actually told me he bought his first reel this year. And uh, he's like, "Oh, next year I'm putting a lot more time." And I'm like, "Well, you got a kid on the way, so I don't know how much more uh, time you're gonna tell me about." And it. he lives down by. He lives down in Monique. 
So, oh, okay. he, so, so he's got, I mean, shit, he's got 30 minutes before yeah. he's up to me. Yeah, so but he'll come up here. If he can come up every weekend, he will. Oh, yeah. I plan on, because this really isn't that bad of a ride for me. So no. I think I'm, I'm going to get the pass and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a lot of time because like, I'm just wasting time in some of the other lakes I go to. You might as well just go right to something yeah. like this, you know? Um, but yeah, because like with a couple of people I've gotten into fishing, but only one is like stayed with it. Yeah. He's still waiting on his first muskie, too. Yeah. So know? I got my dad in the muskie fishing. Um, he fished on the chain for two years, didn't catch a fish. Seen him, couldn't catch one. It happens. And then I took him out to Webster. Got his first muskie, lost oh. his mind. Oh yeah, that's I brought him there knowing that if he's if he's gonna catch a fish anywhere, it's gonna be Webster. That's a numbers lake. Yeah, so I took him there, got his first muskie. Now he's hooked. Now he bought another rod. He bought another reel. You know, he <laughs> that, he loves it, takes it now. That one fish. Yeah, that's it's, it's it's a terrible addiction. But <laughs> anyway, at the end of it, I blame my buddy Max. He's the one that got me in the muskie fishing. Max, yeah, what you started. Yeah, it, it was actually funny. We, I met him. I put a post up on Facebook. Hey, anyone want to go ice fishing? I had no one to ice fish with, and met him through that. And uh, oh, so this wasn't some like old work buddy. No, this is some some random or... guy I met. On, <laughs> on, we're ice fishing on uh, Joe's pond there, yeah. that little tiny pond. Yeah, it's like ten acres. Yeah, it's real small. We're catching panfish or whatever. We just became friends, and he's like, "Hey, you gotta try musky fishing." I'm like, "All right, we'll give it a go." And uh, yeah, it's been a terrible addiction ever since. Oh, yeah, lures and just like yeah. all this stuff. And I, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I moved to the area. It's the extreme things you're willing to do yeah. to catch a fish. Yeah. You know, it's like you'll be out there in November if that's what it takes. Yeah. Windstorm, whatever. You're gonna I think my last trip out was uh, middle of December. No piers up in Geneva. None of that beach in the boat getting on and off. And you were telling me, did you get anything that day? I know you were heading up. We had way. one bite, and that was it. There was a ton of people. I didn't. I don't know where they were at though. I think they may have been at the Narrows on the Geneva. So, so yeah. So you've been fishing your whole life. Parents started you out, just like yeah. I pretty much expect you to say, because that's like the story for everyone. Yeah. You know. Um. So for this conversation, like pretty much, what are your favorite fish? What kind of fishing are we talking about today? Uh. Musky, musky and walleye is typically what I go after. That's what I figured. But no yeah. smallmouth that you ever you ever throw for smallies. I or? don't throw for them. I'll catch them. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll catch them it. walleye fishing. <laughs> um, but no, I'm not actively targeting them. Okay. Yeah. So for which obviously muskies your your main one, right? Yeah. It, but would you say you spend most of your time on that? Half your time on so that? So during the week, I'll spend a lot of time walleye fishing because okay. it's just easy to go out. I'm just dragging flicker shads around. It's not you know I'm not jigging too much for them. Um, but come weekend, I'm out musky fishing. You got this big old walleye hanging right yeah, here. Yeah, 28 inches, 10 pounds. That was a fish of a lifetime right there. So I spent too much time musky fishing and then kind of like got burned out of it because it's like so hard to be successful, yeah. you know. But like now with a baby that's going to be fishing soon, that's why I started getting into this kind of fishing, yeah. the walleye. Um, I'm not a big bass guy. I think it's overrated. Uh, I yeah. do like smallie fishing in the one creek that I, I get to do it in. Uh, but I'm never going to drive far to go smallmouth fishing. No. Um, and there's actually a really good creek down by you for smallmouth. We're probably, talking about the yeah, same probably. one. Yeah, probably. Does it feed into a lake or, or does it feed into a river? Yes, but there's two of those. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, if you notice, so Phil, actually, he's like, hey, my buddy. I was just talking to him. He fishes that same creek you do. I said, don't tell him to stop yeah. talking about that creek. He says, yeah, it's called No Tell Him Creek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so walleye and muskie. Northerns, you're not a big northern guy, or um, ice fishing, yeah, yeah. Um, I like we, we, you know, we like chasing them on the flags. Um, you know, I take my buddy's kids out there; it's something for them to do. Yeah, I won't, act, you know, target them. We'll, we'll catch them all the time, musky fishing. You won't target them open water. 
No. But I, uh, ice fishing as well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just throw, you know, the big roach out there. Yeah. Let them take it. Live? Alive? or Yeah. Did, yeah. I, well, you know how like, they sell the packages with the dead ones? Like uh, Never done it. Uh, well, so that's like my only option down there now when I want to do that because there's no live bait down by me. Well, oh, you got the, the guy in Tinley. Yeah, that's kind of far for me to. I, I'd have to go there just to come back to where I live. Yeah. So it's not like ideal. When I go fishing with Phil, we. St- I, I don't know if I've ever went fishing with Phil without stopping there. You know. Well, you got the two. Pl- is Freddy Freddy Bear still there? Is there? Isn't he? He's uh he's on Oak Park. He's right next to Angler's Outlet. You know. Um. There's a pet store. Oh, I forgot that they. I forgot that Angler's moved over there. Yeah, because yeah. remember, remember it was Ed Shirley's forever. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was there was a countryside. There was Markham. There was uh there was a couple other locations, and yeah. then they started dropping off, and then became Angler's Outlet, and they just had the one location, as far as I know. But now, when I get to go in there, that's a great place to buy a live yeah. bait. Yeah. But that's a special trip for me. I mean, that's a you're going an hour and a half out of the way, pretty much, to do that. By the time you talk to the guys and come back and everything, yeah, you know, an hour at least. Um, just to come back to where you well, started. Well, how far are you from <clears throat> Shanahan? Uh, not far. Are you talking about the feedlot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only problem with going to Shanahan is crossing the bridge and that, they, the construction on that. Have you been down I eighty that way lately? No. So they're widening it and they're cha- they're replacing the bridge over the the river. The one that's falling apart. Yeah, the yeah. one that's okay. like they warn you before you yeah. can drive over it. So it's just a mess. So like going there has got commitment. When you head out to Shanahan, it's a commitment. Um. So I was actually thinking about trying those dead ones. That's why I don't know if you ever tried it and had it work or not. I watch uh, a lot of the YouTube videos. I see some guys use them, some guys don't. Yeah. But I get luck with them, you know. Well, I mean, if you had a fish tank in the garage, you know, go buy a hundred of them. Thought about throw doing them in that. there. If I yeah. had a little more space and a little less wives, then yeah, definitely keep it at know? work. <laughs> I should keep it. That's a good spot. Um, so we're talking walleye and musky mostly, which I kind of expected because like every time I talk to you about something, it's usually one of them like, yeah. the fish and things I hear about uh you took it pretty late this year too yeah well it's uh, my buddy brought me out in geneva um later in the year and i started to get into that i liked that a lot so i've never been on geneva i gotta go up there it's awesome is, is there any special permits for geneva to be on or can you just no, launch just get well you get to get your wisconsin license and then uh i launch out of williams bay uh so you will have to pay a launch launch fee yeah that's no problem yeah it's like you 12 know. bucks 12 yeah. it's 12 bucks some change it's a really odd number you ever dropping on the lakefront Find a, no. find, find a cheaper than $30. You let me know where you found that. Oh, that, you yeah. Know? Yeah, I mean, even up here, I mean, it's if I, if you don't have a launch pass, I mean, it's 20 bucks. Yeah. What was the next thing I had here? So we're talking about what kind of fishing. All right. So the one thing, like, everybody has their favorite ways. Yeah. So I was wondering, what is the most productive techniques for both muskie and walleye for you? What would you say is the, like, what have you had the best luck on? This Open year. water and, say, ice fishing for Yeah, walleye. so this year, the muskie fishing has been um, ripping rubber paddle tails has been the best for me this year big ones yeah 10 inches yeah um my dad had more luck this year with bucktails that's he's not big on the twitch baits and all that yet that's what's funny so like you get the guys to say what are they hitting on oh bucktails and it's like well did you try anything else yeah that's yeah you know? go out there for hours and throw bucktails it's like all right if i don't get a I'd follow in 45 minutes, we're changing the baits. Oh, yeah, because like I've, I've watched Bush like Billy throw on a bucktail and for a week throw it. Yeah, you no, know, no, it's uh, this year was the best for a rubber bite for me on the paddle tails, and then for walleyes, we just flicker shads, flicker shads, those little river runners, uh, little baby salamos. We just drag those around underneath the bridges, all, all the uh, choke points. So, you do a lot of trolling, yeah. Yeah, rarely you'll. I mean, I'll do it once in a while. I'll, I'll jig a minnow around, but it's usually I'm just dragging flicker shads around. Yeah, 
And what about are those your favorite ways to fish for them? Or is there is that, is that your? I know they're productive, but are they your favorite ways? Um, that I mean, yeah, it's, it's it is probably my favorite to fish for them. Um, there is a creek up here that I can go into and pull them out with using paddle tails, like jigging a paddle tail off the bottom. But that's only in the springtime. Yeah, they probably move back out. And yeah, then. yeah. Once that water starts to raise up some more, they'll, they'll make their way out. Um, but yeah, rubber is my for muskies. Rubber is my favorite way to go. That was productive. That was the most. I saw more fish on rubber yeah. this year than anything else. And then, but it's not my favorite way. You know, yeah. Like if I can go out and catch musky on top water, I would take that every yeah. time over. But it's just not as productive so, as people like to think. Yeah, springtime. I like ripping twitch baits. That's one of my yeah. favorite. Like, a, you know, I started ripping a you know, a shallerator or something. I do enjoy doing that a lot because you'll be ripping, 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 and boom, get a hit, which is nice. Um, what kind of depths are you fishing musky in the springtime? Oh, I'm running. I'm running pretty shallow. I'm running in like oh, in shallow water. Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm I'm up in the weeds. I'm yeah. I'm right offshore. Do you wait for sunny days? Like, do you do you fish the warm side of the lake for them? Like, um, I'll mostly fish. Well, you can. Yeah, you, you so you can fish the the north side of the lakes, and then windblown is always for sure. Yeah, wind blowing's out. Yeah, it's, it's always here. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but like uh, I just noticed when I when I in the springtime I find the most northern and shallow. I mean like ten inches of water in yeah. mud bottom. And yeah, they're there. They're like, so one of my biggest fish from a couple of years ago. She came out of about two feet of water. It was just thick weeds, and yeah. I, I I didn't even realize I cast it into it till I trolled my way up into there. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. So when I first started learning that was years ago. This guy I was talking to. He caught a. It was a good fish, like a forty eight or you know yeah. something good. And nobody was catching anything, you know. And finally, guys like, I got one, I got one. And he's like, he was a foot off of shore. I'm like, what? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I found out that's actually a very good technique early on in the year. Yeah. You know. Now, what about like um, walleye? Like, for does your does that transition through the year for you? Patterns after walleye? So in the springtime, mm-hmm. we usually find. Oh, that's me. Sorry. On <laughs> uh, sp- bush like Billy Texan. No. Uh, in the springtime, we'll find them up in the up in the the creeks. Um, then come summer, early, probably early summer, we'll find them up in the bridge, underneath the bridges at choke points. And then come winter, they'll be hovering over the flats, big, big basins. Yeah. Now, what, what do you find is the least productive? Which you're either, you like to do it and it doesn't work or you hate doing it because it, because it doesn't work. What's your, what do you, what do you think is the least productive for either one of them? Mm, probably just casting cranks, just casting reeling them in. Yeah. I just, I just get burned out on it. Yeah, good. Like you said, forty minutes, and it's about. Yeah, it's you like know. it burned down. I'll go back to my deuce, and I mean, it just they, they work year round. Yeah, you know, just just ripping yeah, they, it. Like you, they work year round, but I don't mean they work every day. No, no, they know? don't. But if I if I've had more luck, I'll say because that's musky fishing is luck um, with rubber uh, for walleyes. You know, I, I don't really like jigging for them. For really? I, like 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 on the boats, I don't like jigging for them. Um, I don't have live scope or any of that, so I, you know, I, it's it, it's a game of getting on top of them and being on the chain of lakes. It's very busy, so to sit there and park yourself on top of a of a school of fish is not the easiest thing. Um, I'm surprised because that's like the most common thing to like the way to fish for these yeah, things. You yeah, know? I mean, I was taught when I moved up here. My buddy Chad showed me just hey, drag these flicker shads around, you'll get them. And yeah, I mean, it's oh, I mean that that way that it works, works too. It's, you know, and, and and if they're if they're there, they're gonna hit it. So uh, do you ever do – the one thing we started doing more and more this year was back trolling. Do you ever get into back trolling? I know you got a big windshield boat, so it's not like ideal for yeah, you. Yeah, no, I don't do it. Um, How slow can you get that big boat going? That's a beautiful boat. You should you guys should see this thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tandem hopefully, axle. Hopefully the last boat I got to buy. Um, it is 
I can get it down to like one, two, one, oh, three. So yeah, you, can go, you don't. There's really no reason to back troll. No, you want to do like half. Yeah, no, I I can get it down pretty slow with the trolling motor. What about the big motor? What's the slowest you can get? Because usually we're like, and windy days, we're definitely doing it with the big motor. Yeah, so a big motor, I can get down to three, two, three, five, but I have a gauge in there that I can get it down to like two. Okay. It's one of those smart gauges or something. So you had my boat, like the Rebel? Yeah, I had a side console. So mine's a tiller. Yeah. And you, so you can only imagine how light the front end oh, is. Yeah. And so you get on those windy days, and that you got the whole thing is keeping this thing straight. You know, because it just blows over. And yeah. It really doesn't sit that deep in the water. I thought it I, did, they but only, it doesn't. I think they only draft like 18 inches or something like that. Is it that much? Well, at least on at least the side console one was like 18 inches. Okay. Uh, and I had a 60 on mine. Oh, the one thing we forgot to say is you sell boats. Like this, I'm hoping that if I did the intro right on the last episode, you actually sell these boats. Yeah, you sell Luns? Yeah, in the off-season, I'll work the, the shows. So you'll, you can find me at the Chicago Boat Show, the Northern Illinois Boat Show, and the schomburg sports show oh you're doing that one too okay yeah, i'm going to that all, one yeah, i do all three that's a great show yeah remember when it used to be in rosemont yeah yeah and then but schomburg blew it, the doors off of that yeah you know it's easier parking and it's a better time mm-hmm. what do we nothing like milwaukee or uh no no we mostly stick to the area uh you ever think you're gonna start doing a musky show or anything like that with your business or no? um I don't, is this, what would I do there? That's the thing. Like, just bring me reels. I mean, do I want to sit there and repair it in front of people? I yeah, don't know. Well, I, I would. I would have like a nice glass case. Look at what you idiots are constantly yeah, doing to these things. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> you know, I think I'm gonna try and go this year because last year the boat show kind of ruined that. Um, so this year I'm gonna try and go. Just bring a handful of cards in the backpack. Like, hey, meet me, meet me at the show if you want some reels done. I think you're gonna have like three shows in a row because it's like the 10th through the 14th is the boat show. Yeah. And then I want to say the Muskie show is the 19th through the 24th. And yeah. then after that is Schaumburg. Yeah. Schaumburg might be in – no, you know what? It was Tinley Park that's in February. Yeah. I, that's one thing I missed when I lived down there was going to that going to the Tinley show. Do you remember once upon a time – it was only like a year. And uh, they had a fly fishing show there in the convention center down in Tinley Park. No, I don't remember that. I actually went to it, and they had a platform in the middle for casting. I thought it was the neatest thing in the world. Disappeared. Yeah. Nobody has one. Well, Sean you know? – they they still do it at Schomburg. Yeah, they have a little section. Yeah. This was a whole show. Well, yeah, no, it's, well, oh yeah, yeah. This was a it was a fly fishing show. I'm like, are you guys sure? So I actually drove down there. I remember I had my old Jeep. I drove down there. I think barely made it. And then, uh, yeah, it was a fly fishing show. But then that's where they have it now. I think is the Tinley Park Convention Center, isn't it? No, oh, I thought they were always having it at the school, weren't oh, they? Oh, they were having it at the school. Oh, yeah, well, that shows how, you know, I've, it's been at least four years since I've gone. Yeah, I heard it's more of like a garage sale than one it of those is. shows, you know. It is, but it's still, it was, it's cool to go to. I mean, all the random stuff they had there. Yeah. It was always nice. Yeah, so you're going to be busy with some shows coming up here, though, if you're going to yeah. go to all of them. Yeah. Um, It's a great way to break up winter, though, isn't it? Especially it's, winter without ice. You, know, you it's, know, it's a nice, you know, chance to get out of the shop, you know, between reels and work. It's, you know... And I don't get out and talk to many people, like, you know, in that sense. So it's nice getting out of my shell doing that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that started with least productive. That's how we got yeah. off on that tangent. So, for instance, you fish some of the most pressured waters in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of too many more pressured areas. Like, I'm trying to think of some lakes that I know of. I mean, St. Germain area, Minocqua area got very busy. But I still say, I would still say this body of water, you're fishing the chain over here. This got to be one of the busiest if not the busiest in the Midwest. Well, I know, if you look online, they say in the summertime they average 30,000 people on the water in the summer. Yeah. And then for a holiday weekend, it says it goes up to 100,000. And the chain's not, it's not that, yeah, it's not that big either. 
So. No, it's it's bigger than I thought it was, but it's still only like six or seven thousand yeah. acres or something. Yeah. So I mean, going to the chip that we did every year, that was seventeen thousand, you know, and that would get busy. Yeah, it, but it would get busy in the sections where if you chopped off the other parts and didn't worry about that acreage, it'd be like combining them all on this lake. Yeah, yeah. and and then the other thing too, driving up here, I was looking at these aren't little fishing boats that they're taking out on these things either. Some of these are some big ass boats. That oh they yeah, have. you got big cruisers and stuff that'll go out there. Or... Yeah. So anyway, with that being said, so you. You fish the most extreme waters there are. What is what are some of the hassles of it? Like, what do you what do you, when, other than it just it's a pain in the ass? Like, what specifically is a hassle about fishing on pressured water, mm. and how to overcome it if you do have any tricks? Jet skis, jet skis, I hate are jet skis oh, man. man. My dad had to calm me down. I was about to go after one. Uh, I almost threw a flap tail at one to one time. I had a I put a pounder on, and I was a, it was a pounder <laughs> or a mag dog. It was one of two. I threw it on. I'm like, I'm gonna get this guy. That's, I think they should consider legislation where that should be legal. You know, you know, just I one whip. If you miss on the first one, you can't keep throwing at the guy. I get it. I don't own the lake, but if you see me fishing a shoreline and there's 15 feet between me and the shoreline, why, why are you coming through? <laughs> exactly. It, it just stay away from fishermen altogether. I yeah. understand in tight spots because there are like you, if you are fishing some narrow, some deep narrow or something, yeah. and everyone's got to go through there. Yeah. And fa- the one, in fact, my brother-in-law got his first muskie this year on a narrow just like that, and we were fishing with boats zipping by, but we kind of knew that going into it. Yeah. You know? But anyway, go back to your your side of things. So yeah. We- no, the the jet skis. I mean, it's like I said, it's not your like. You know, I just I wish there was more respect put towards fishermen, outdoorsmen, in that sense. So the one thing I I found to be such a hassle and no real way to combat it is uh, it was the first time I was actually on Webster because Webster that is beat up too and oh, you yeah. get there in December, but uh, the biggest hassle was the amount of wake boats. I think wake boats are the worst thing that, that they ever are. Happened. They 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 destroy the uh, seafloor. Yeah, they're they're just they're bad. Boats. I'm surprised they're legal everywhere and there's yeah. no real like. Uh, even like a year thing, like okay, so you can use it for the month of June, but we need eleven months to repair the damage you yeah. guys did. But anyway, so we're sitting out there on Webster, and you know how those are like the deep holes, like mm-hmm. the, and we're we're sitting in one of the shallows, thrown into the deep kind of thing, and the cesspool that it was. The boat didn't know which direction <laughs> to go up and which direction to go down. It was actually getting scary at one point, yeah. and you just watch these big wake yeah. boats dragging around. And but I mean, some of those those some of the wakes that were in there, they had to be three four feet coming yeah. through. And I, at the time, I had it was from nineteen ninety nine Rebel. I mean, it was a narrower yeah, boat, it's a smaller and a, boat, yeah. yeah. And so, and they also didn't have all the different hull designs underneath it. So that thing was a tippy yeah. sound. So you kind of tip into the wave, and then the back end comes up, and then you tip down. And it was terrible. And that, but you know that right there, that's a that's a weekend on the chain. I mean, that's what it is every weekend after April. The way the way after April, huh? Yeah, okay. after April. I mean, well, April, you know, June or whatever. When people start dragging their boats out, that's how it is every weekend. So I'm usually off the water by like ten, ten thirty. What time do they usually? What time will they come off the water? Uh, usually around dinner time. Yeah. They yeah. usually is when they come off and then eat and burn all the yeah, energy out. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Cause like, uh, my dad used to fish up here in the eighties and he, uh, like early eighties too. He's just dating my mom. Yeah. And, but he always said before Memorial day or yeah, you can fish it before Memorial day and after labor. Yeah. Day. That's yeah. when he says is the only time you want to go on. Yeah. If you're going to travel up here, yeah, that's what I would follow. Yeah. What well, my favorite time of year to fish is spring. Yeah. It's my favorite time. I'm done burning out on stupid public land that we have for deer hunting. I'm not going to spend the time. I want to go deep into the fall because this is still open. They don't close any of this down for fishing in the fall. Do no. They? Well, it's open year round. My lake's down there. They do because it's duck hunting season yeah. now. It's stupid. Oh, Just I as, mean, well, you'll be up here chucking rubber and you have you have buck, you have uh, bird shot flying over <laughs> your head. So. so as long as I can still go out fishing. Yeah. The other one doesn't even permit you to go fishing. Yeah. 
Um, so, but yeah, that was the one thing I was, I was wondering if you're going to say that with the wake boats, because Wisconsin's now having problems. They got old lakes that are getting destroyed. Yeah. And then, like you said, the jet skis, what about fishermen? Any hassles? Is there ever too many fishermen or is it um, usually just the pleasure? Wednesday boats? nights, they have their bass tournaments up here. Oh, okay. So those bass guys think they're a little entitled. <laughs> so <laughs> everywhere you go there. Yeah. So you got to deal with that. Um, but, uh, well, they have like a year long tournament up there. Yeah. They have a, they have a, uh. I think it's all summer they run it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean they're not bad. It's just get they got their three hundreds on the back and they want to come ripping by you and all that. And <laughs> that's just fine. It is what it is. Um the only other thing is boat launches. Oh, you gotta have yeah, You gotta go you gotta know what you're doing before you get to that. You know, if you don't be getting the boat ready in the launch, do it in the parking lot. I love the guy I had a guy tying up the boat launch this year. He had one of those like uh they're almost like a life raft. You know, he's with a transom yeah, on him. Yeah. He's blowing it up on yeah, the see, ramp. That's, yeah, no. And uh, didn't even have a trailer. Just threw it out of the back of a minivan. Oh yeah, they, we have that down. That's that's less than a minute. And the boat's yep. gone. Yep. You know, if you have two guys, if I if I have another guy in my boat or driving the truck, it is less than a minute. Oh yeah, just you know, get pushed off and go park the truck, and you're ready to go. If you looked into uh, that new thing that came out, the boat buckle or whatever, not boat buckle, the drado, the drado, where you just pull up and it locks itself. Yeah, like a hood latch. Yeah, I've looked into that. I just I don't know. I I just I've now started power loading somewhat, so I've might look into it because then I'm if I do that, I'm gonna get the steps. Did you have the power load because of that, just how heavy that thing is? Oh, uh, it's actually pretty easy just to pull up, but when it gets cold, I don't like putting on my <clears throat> yeah. How my, about it? Pull, putting on my muck boots and dragging it up there. I started getting big into power loading, but I was looking because that same. I don't know if it's the same, maybe it is the same company, but I want those like spiral steps that go down to the tongue. Yeah, that's uh. There's a couple guys. I think Boat Effects makes one of them, and there's another company. I want to get one for the front because the power load is great. Yeah, I, that bunk trailer, that thing finds itself. Yeah. it finds home yeah. easy. Um, but that little buckle thing, man, if you had somebody in the truck and you had that and a pop and then you're out, that'd well, be sweet. They have it now though, where it's a handle, a whole handle that comes up and you can just pop it for like, releasing it. Yeah, yeah. For rele- and then you just pull up, you just pull up, hit it and go. It's, and it finds it like it's got a big wide yeah. thing. I was just, yeah. it's kind of expensive. Yeah, I don't know like if you 150 bucks or something, 200 bucks, I think. Oh, okay. I thought it was like 300 something when I looked at it. It might be, it may be for different sizes. Oh, that could be too. Yeah. But uh, I was just wondering if you thought that was worth it or not. I, I always said no because I'm like, oh, I don't power load. I don't, and this year I started power loading. <laughs> so I'm like, well, maybe maybe we maybe we should buy that. How long have you had that boat? This one's two years, I think. I think it's a 22. Okay, so it's still a new boat. Yeah. I mean, so you yeah. haven't had it like 10 years or nothing. No, no. It's a it's a 22, I think. It's a crossover? Um, no, it's Impact. 1875. Oh, impact. Yeah, 1875 Impact. Do you, did I ask you this story? Do you guys sell lines out of your marina? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's sufficient boat that we move. I couldn't believe where I bought mine from. I couldn't believe. Uh, I looked online at the price of the Pro V. Yeah, it was like a twenty-one or a twenty, whatever the biggest Pro V. Yeah, that, is. that was one hundred and five thousand dollars I wanted for that boat. So funny at the uh, boat show last year, we had a Pro V decked out with a four hundred Verado kicker, all Garmin. <laughs> I think it was all Garmin. Stupid money. That's what you call. But you know what? It was a steal at one hundred twenty-five. If you oh. went to Lund's website and built it, it was like a hundred and sixty five thousand dollar boat. That's just it's crazy numbers to me. You know? It is. It is. But you know what? It's an investment for I mean, you're you're investing in the memories. It really it's that's the best way to put it. I mean, you, I've made some great memories on my boats. Oh yeah. But like uh I I, I just could never spend that much on it. No. My first house was seventy thousand yeah. dollars. You know. But the thing is though, is like <laughs> if you get into like I mean, any glitter boat 
I don't. Th- I'd, what's the cheapest glitter boat you can buy these I, days? Hundred grand? If, Sit, yeah, probably. Probably grand? something from Bass Pro. Probably I'd imagine like a Skeeter or whatever those things are. Uh, Tritons. Is right? it Tritons? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a Triton. Well, I, I think they're selling Rangers right now too. Oh, I didn't know that. I think Bass Pro bought part of Ranger or all of it or something. I know Cabela's used to sell Lumacraft, and then when Bass Pro bought them out. If you go to Cabela's now, they're all trackers. Okay. So I don't know where Alumacraft, they must just be little I would, dealers. I would steer very clear of a tracker. <laughs> I mean, I've oh, never. yeah. It's, if, you, if you look at the welds on that thing, it looks like <laughs> it looks like a shop class welded them together. I don't like welded boats. No. That's, that was half the reason I didn't buy a Crestliner. Yeah. I was, I'm, a, I'm partial to Lund anyway. Like you'd have to, Lund would have to go out of business, and I'd still probably buy a used one. But yeah. I, I did give Crestliner a shot. I just don't like a welded boat. Well, did, if, I'm, if I'm thinking this correctly, they're all, both owned by the same company. Brunswick? Yeah. Are they, uh, I think Brunswick. Crestliner owns, or well, Brunswick owns Crestliner too, you're saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, did, I never heard that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. I thought they owned pool tables and Lund boats and Mercury yeah. Marine and, yeah. you know. I do know, like, uh, during the pandemic, after talking to one salesman, they were saying that, because Pat was trying to buy a, a Lumacraft. He didn't want a Lund. He wanted a Lumacraft. And I was able, he could not get a motor. They'll sell you the boat all day. We don't have yeah. any motors. And so I was asking the guy about that. He says, well, we're all owned by Brunswick, so we get first pick of the motors. Yeah. Everybody else gets what's left, you know? So I'm, I, I just love my Mercury's. You got a Mercury on that? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I got a 150 on it. Yeah, I love my Mercury's. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's keep moving here. Um, so the one thing I was wondering, because I know you take people out fishing as like friends kind of thing. You know? Oh, yeah. And then, like, uh, and then you got the real business and all that. Do you ever think about just doing a guiding business? I know there's a few in this area. Yeah, ever- there are some guys up here. I don't want to do it. It's just I don't got the patience to uh, deal with people. Well, just to, I just if you're doing something wrong, I, I I'm very prone to being lashed with you know talking about hey don't do it like that, don't do it like this or you know. I tried it for one or two seasons. It's just a little fly fishing thing. And nobody will listen to you. Yeah, nobody, and it just gets frustrating. Now you got to turn into an asshole. Exactly. Yeah, and. You don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, if you guys just listen to what I said, uh, it'd be like, I, I couldn't imagine my wife trying to get fly fishing lessons from me. You know, yeah. that'd be a blow. Oh, I, I, I had to yell at my dad a few times and I didn't feel good about that. Um, the one thing I want to ask you, just a basic question too, is favorite brands. So boats, rods, reels, lures, like what are your, what are your, what are your hardcore? I'm buying this. I'm buying that. Um, Shimano reels, rods. I do like Fenwick. Uh, I got my first chaos cast or casting rod this year. Do you and still I, you still buy Fenwick rods today? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I got a nice. It's one of the oldest companies there yeah, is. I to got do a it. really nice HMX uh, spinning rod. I love that. I love that rod to death. What is it? The uh, the chaos rods nice. I got a nine six telescoping rod. Oh, I got. I just got the telescoping. Yeah, rod. Yeah, it's nice. Um, boats, Lunds. I had a, my first real boat I bought was a Prince Craft. Which was awesome. Oh, you had one yeah, of them. Yeah, huh? I love that boat. That yeah, thing, those were those were kind of like unique because there wasn't like a throw it out there million of them out. There no, well, it's a it's like Canada's Lund is yeah. the way I've read about it. Um, it was an awesome boat. It had a little twenty five tiller on it. Oh yeah, it was an awesome boat. It put muskies in it and uh, but got rid of that. Then moved on to the Rebel. And I mean, I, I'm gonna stick with Lund. Yeah, you know, I just think they're well built boats. Yeah, I just got my first boat I bought. used got a deal on it. It was a Lund. Yeah. I've been partial to them ever since. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think they look they look like they're doing a hundred miles an hour even when they're sitting still. Yeah, I think the fit and finish on everything is done well. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, the, the I'll tell you what though, the one thing that kind of made me mad on this one is the last new Lund I bought 
was a uh, it had Trailmaster trailer. This one came with a Shorelander. Yeah. Shorelander trailers are toys compared to Trailmaster trailers. Yeah. And that so I, that was only my only gripe with this. But this the, even though it's a Shorelander, it was still built more convenient. The other one, the swing tongue's easier. The swing oh, tongue's yeah. longer. Yeah. You know, uh, and the bunks it finds the bunks more. But like when you start grabbing, like the the fenders are plastic. My last ones were steel. Yeah. Like little stuff like that matters. You know. I could change them out, but it was like, yeah. I bought a new boat. I thought it was going to come with that. Um, what, any, anything else that's just your absolute favorite that just deserves a shout out or? Um, no, I'm, I'm real partial trying different things, but like the Lund boats are sticking. Yeah. The rods are, I'm, I got St. Croix's, I've got Fenwick's, I've got all of them. I mean, they all, they all work. I don't, you know, you, you can buy a cheap rod, but I wouldn't. Um, I own both. I own cheap and I, but like, I don't own a cheap rod that's going to be beat to death all day every yeah. day you know so but for, it's like a it's like a panfish rod or yeah. something to have in the locker you know yeah for it well I, I take that back i do have cheap rods i got the i think the 60 dollar bass pro musky rod they called it there's like a seven six uh, attorney special or something yeah yeah i got those and those are in the boat for people who don't have anything so i got that set up on a i don't know some round abu i'm trying to think is somebody my dad or my brother-in-law somebody's got those tourney specials, and I can't remember. But I'll tell you, the best deal I found for musky rods, like money for value, was the Mojo musky, the St. Croix Mojo musky. You know what? I don't like the uh, the rubber now that they put on there. I'm still a cork. Oh, I didn't know there yeah, was rubber on yeah, there. Yeah, they, they changed it to like a, like a, like a rubber. Yeah, the last one I heard of somebody buying it was probably 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, the last time. Uh, they changed it a couple years ago. Oh, okay. I'm a cork guy, too. Yeah. And That's I, a make or break for me, yeah, too. And I and I bought a split grip, which I don't like now, either. I am a full oh, grip Oh, see, I, like the, sp- I yeah. like the split grip. Yeah. It, like If I got a tank top on, it's like rubbing on my inside, and I'm like, nah, we're going to go back to a full full grip. I, it, it, that's not a make or break thing. I could buy them either way. Yeah. But uh, for some reason, I kind of like grabbing the ball at the end of the split. Oh, and yeah. Then, you know, and like for launching. But... Yeah, other than that, that's the only thing. It's just kind of interesting. But I yeah. guess all I ever had was full grip, so it was kind of something new, yeah. you know. Um, so the one thing I want to get into is more like a little bit more like controversial type stuff. People that might disagree with you. But what is like some of the biggest complaints fishermen have that you like you can you can kind of uh, sympathize with? Like what are some of the what are the issues today that people complain about that somebody else will defend? Because I got uh, mine that I've been pretty open about. Because, hmm. like, uh, just for instance, I'd say the like the biggest complaint right now is front-facing sonar, so the live scope. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, if you're fishing for pleasure, yeah. If you're like, – we were talking about Battle on Bago. If you're doing tournaments and stuff like that, I don't think you should have that. But then again, you can say 20 years ago, now you got 2D. And then I'm sure at some point they said, oh, no, we don't want you using 2D in the boats. Just mapping changed yeah. the game for us. You know, we used to have to have a paper map and find it yeah. on the lake, you yeah. know. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, we're going to see where it goes. I, I, like I said, I don't have it. Um, I'm looking into it. Like, I'm, I'm about to cave. And the only reason is because pressured fish became even more pressured. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is it's stupidly priced. Oh, yeah. I it's mean, it's stupid. I've been on the water up here and I've watched guys just do circles around a muskie. <laughs> just chucking baits at him, trying to get him the bites. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's like you wouldn't have done that before. No, you, know, you, you would just, just keep working your shoreline. and. But, like, little issues like that. Is there anything else you know of that are just, like, major, like, oh, a lot of people complain about this or complain about that? The other thing, I'll tell you what, the one thing down by me, I don't know if you guys had the problem up here, is we have a lot of certain groups of people, I'm not getting into that conversation, that keep everything they catch. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have that up here too. And there's no conservation mines, and nothing goes back. Yeah. And they, but the lakes are beat up now, or just about fished out down by me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I run into that up here too. Um, certain fish I don't mind them taking, but. Yeah, you can keep your carp. I don't care. Well, about yeah, it's a lot of drum. A lot of guys will keep drum up here. Which I'm I don't surprised care. you heard there was that many in this lake. I oh, didn't it's realize. stupid. It's stupid how much drum are up here. Um, you know, pike and all that. Make sure, just make sure it's within, you know, your size length. It's, yeah, because, well, like, the same people that will keep it are the same people that complain in a couple years when the fishing's horrible. Oh, yeah. You well, know, like, here's here's my thing. All the, the walleye and crappie guys, all oh, the muskies are eating them all. No, they're not. Yeah, no. No, no. I, I'm pretty sure I eat more walleyes than, than a muskie does. There'd be some the bigger, big banger muskies <laughs> yeah. if they were, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some big ones. There's a couple 50s flowing around. Is there? Yeah. But, I mean, like, if they were eating all of them. It's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah no. They make them sound like a pest. They're not, oh, yeah. It's not no. a pest. No. I'll tell you what. We have bluegill pond, ponds around, and... There's no predator fish to regulate it, so you get the stunted bluegill now. Some of these look like a quarter with lips and a tail on it. Yeah. You know, and that's as, that's as big as those things are going to get. And uh, you throw a couple northern in there, it, it'll clean that yeah, it out takes right care away. Of that. Uh, so you need that. You need that balance. You know, if all you had was musky, then yeah, there'd be other problems too. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I didn't know if there was just like a common, and you'd probably think of something later. Like somebody, I don't yeah. think you know what I should have said on that question, but yeah, because like the biggest thing is like electronics. We already talked about uh, boat launch etiquette. People have to learn that. Like, it's just if you're if you're a pandemic, if you got in this pandemic, God bless oh, you. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. But there's there is there are generations of teachings on how a boat launch should work that you guys have not learned. Yeah. So you should you should learn it if you're if you've started fishing in the last five years. Like you gotta learn boat launch etiquette. There's a whole process. To yeah, it. there's the state park up here, and it's a free launch, and you can tell it's a free launch because it's a four lane wide. One guy will take up three lanes going sideways, <laughs> and if you want a, a good afternoon, grab a six pack and go up, up there and watch them launch. And uh, but yeah, no, there's a, I mean, there's obviously a million launches up here, but I found a good one, usually not busy, yeah. fairly, fairly cheap. So like for the DNR lakes down by me, six a.m. Not sunlight. Yeah, six a.m. is your when you're allowed to launch. So, but I mean, in June, six a.m. is you've you've already had light for forty five. Yeah, minutes. exactly. Yeah. And uh, the one kid told me, if you launch early, because I almost did, he says, you will come back. They're watching in the bushes right there. Yeah. He says, you can't see them. They're in there. He says, you'll come back to a ticket on your windshield. Yeah. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. So I didn't. So we're all lining up. We're all lining up at 6 o'clock. There might be 15, 20 boats yeah. that now at 6 o'clock. So now they're all like, we got to get in the water. We got to get in the water. Yeah. And if it, when one person doesn't know what they're doing, it throws that whole thing off for yeah. everybody. Yeah. You know? So yeah, boat launch etiquette. If you're new to fishing, you're new to boating. You got to learn that first. Yeah, and, and usually if you know on a bigger body of water like I'm on, they, usually there's a you know a volunteer coast guard, and they always in the springtime always put on some sort of class. Just go. It's like an hour, two hours. Go and take it. You'll you'll probably learn a lot more than you know than you think. Um, the one thing. So I was going to ask you what electronics you use, but you already said you you don't use any live scope. So. No, I don't have that. I run. Uh, I got two helixes. Just you know your basic fives. Uh, or sevens? No, I got a seven and a ten. Oh, I like that ten. That's nice. Is it uh, is it Mega Live compatible or no? It is, yeah. So yeah, there's like, but it's another extra eighteen hundred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, when, when when does it stop? Yeah, right. So so that ten that ten would be sweet. I want the ten. I was looking at it. There's a big difference in price between nine and ten. Yeah. Well, know? usually when you get to an eight is when things start to get really nice on them. Yeah. Um. So I have my seven. I need. I want to sell it and get either another seven or get up to an eight or a nine. So Why would I you get, sell a seven and buy a seven? Because I have a G two, and I and I can't network them. 
Oh. It needs to be a, a like a G or it's a, it's a G three, but I needed to be a G three N. Okay. Um, and then if it's not, you know, that's I that's the only reason why I would stick to a seven. It is actually the perfect size for the front of the boat too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you think do you do you think live imaging is killing fishing? Do you think if this if this doesn't get regulated somehow or if it doesn't cool off or do you think do you think fishing will be dead? I think it's taking the fun out of it. It's taking the knowledge out of it. It's if you're just going to go out there and stare at a screen all day. I mean, it's not that's not fishing. And move till you find. Where, yeah, move you know? move till you find a school. I mean, granted, you can still do that with you know your two D and all that, but still, it's it, there is it's, a skill. Like I'm going to find this hump, and I think they're on this hump because exactly. of this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. But instead, you just go over there. No, nah, yeah, they're not. Not here. there. We're going to go on the other side of the lake now, and it's I don't know. It's it, it, I think it could be used. Just don't abuse it. It's just. I don't know. Obviously, it's easier said than done. Yeah, and especially when you put when you have that much money into it, you want yeah. to use it all the yeah, time. Yeah, you want to use you it. Know? Yeah, I think the tournaments definitely need to regulate it. What about flasher units? You use any flasher units for ice, ice fishing? fishing? Yeah, I got an FL eighteen. Okay. Yeah. I never used a flasher. I, I, with my dad, I did as a kid, but as I started doing it on my own, I, I still yeah. don't own a flasher. I was gonna get one. He still has a little Rand screen box. Yeah. You ever see one? Of I them? actually just sold one. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that thing, those were yeah. great. You know. Yeah. But um, I was actually thinking about doing it, and once again, we don't, we just don't get enough ice to justify. Yeah, it. a cheap one's what two, three hundred bucks for a cheap mm, one. Yeah, I mean you can get them used on Facebook for about a hundred bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I had the uh, Helix Five Ice, and I sold it. I'm like, well, we didn't get no ice last year, and it's no, it's sitting there. I might as well just dump it. So. Yeah, sell it to somebody that can use it. So what what do you think? Like when you see the trends in fishing, all right, what do you think is the most overrated piece of gear? That somebody like when like they they're pushing it and you're like that thing is stupid don't do it is there anything is there anything that jumps at you I see a lot of the the, the YouTube fishing guys like the uh, the Guggen baits that type of stuff uh, I don't know what that is uh, it's like these kids that just made YouTube I mean wrong they, they 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 can fish but they came out with their own baits and all that and it's just really it's it's rough it's uh, it's, it's like real child childish stuff and I just think real toy like like cartoony yeah. yeah yeah it's just it's not for me. Um, I don't know. There's not too much out there. I one thing I think is overrated is because uh, I know a guy that uses them is lip grippers. But yeah, the bogas. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, like that's one of the most like it's like. But you see some people that won't leave home without it. Yeah, you know. And so I, that's one piece of gear. I'm like, uh, I don't know. What about any like overrated lures like that? Are people just sing the praises of that just don't um, deserve it. Glide baits were big for muskies guys. The guys will. The heavyweight, I don't know if you've seen those yet. No, I the, all I got for glide baits is I got a couple like I don't know what they are, but hellhounds. I throw yeah, they're, they're, and they work great. Heavyweights guys lose their minds on them. I mean, they're like 200 bucks, 180 bucks, oh 200 God. bucks. I wouldn't want to get a wet. Yeah, I, I had them. I just I'd rather throw a phantom or a hellhound. Yeah, um, hellhounds, you'll empty your spool throwing one of those out there. They throw great. Yeah, they sink at a controllable rate, you know. Uh, bar fighters. I don't know if you if you come across those. No. Uh, yeah, it's another diving rise. That's uh, guys also they three four hundred dollars. Diving rises now. Would you say you throw those more in the springtime or no? I throw those a lot more in like late summer. Oh really? Yeah, okay. Late summer, I'll just be twitching a uh, like a little seven inch stoic. Okay. Oh, the little guy. Yeah. Little okay. Guy. Yeah, for some reason on this body of water up here, it's 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 a little profile bite. That's with the one lake I fished down by me is like. They catch them more on accident with bass fishing yeah. than they do on purpose. Yeah. 
So definitely, I could see that. Yeah. What? So what? What for musky in the uh, springtime? What's your go-to presentation? Like or like you know, like cold water ice off. Yeah, I usually go to uh, like the baby shallow raiders. Oh, okay. Uh, something bright. Twitch them. Twitch them. Yeah. Yeah. So slow yeah. moving. Yeah. Um. So anyway, what about? Uh, so we did most overrated. What about? Uh, most underrated. At least, yeah. Uh, most underrated. What's something that people don't take? Jigging they, for muskies. I think that's something a lot of people don't do. They don't look into it. Um, I am a big fan of it. I've had success with it. Um, it takes time, and it's a good thing to break up in between casting. Um, anything specifically with that? Like I, I said, Bondi. Bondies, your tubes. Um, Musky like, Innovations tubes, like those big. Yeah. Uh, well, I like the Red Octobers. Oh, okay. Um, those are good. There's a guy, his name's Alex. He makes his own, uh, I think he calls it like a buns fish. Great bait. Um, I love jigging them. Or I'll just throw them off the side of the boat while we're casting. And obviously with the wake boats going by, the boat's going up and down. So we just let, let it jig itself on the side of the boat. Yeah. And we've had action like that. And you're, you said you're not even doing that in like too deep. Like when I picture vertical jigging for musky, I'm thinking, oh, you're going for one that's 30 feet down. Yeah, no, I usually I won't go after anything <clears throat> more than 15 feet. Yeah. yeah. It'll probably just not active enough to eat after that. Well, once you start pulling fish out from the deep, it's not, I mean, it's obviously it's not going to do the fish any good either. Yeah. <clears throat> so let me see. We did underrated. We kind of covered this one already, and I kind of wrote it down just in case it was a little different. But what is the most controversial issue in fishing right now? But it's probably live well, scope. Yeah, it's, well, live scope, but you can jump on the Facebook and you see the guys yelling at each other about fishing over 80 degrees for muskies, or you oh. got uh, the vertical hold versus the uh, horizontal hold, which, I mean, it all makes... So, yeah, they don't want guys to having to go up and down. They rather oh. they say, you know, you get a big heavy fish or insides are be dragging them down. I can definitely see... Because, like, my, my, my brother-in-law caught his. That was his first, like, real big fish like that he caught. And... I got a video of it, but he just about like gills, like rips the bottom. Like the gills are really spread out. Yeah. But it was such a big, heavy fish that he's never caught anything like this. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, a, hey, don't do that kind of thing. But um, I could definitely see, unless you're going to keep the thing, I could definitely see the vertical thing not being the best for yeah. a, or you get a some 30 the, pound musky. You, you get some of the old timers holding, holding them on by the eyes, the pike. Yeah. yeah. And because uh, I grab them behind the head on a, you know, like, and they're not too big, just right behind the head. Yeah. And uh, you're right. That that was an old way. They taught that. Yeah. Pinch them by the eyes. It's like, are you keeping this thing? Mm. You know? Oh, the one thing I didn't know if you want to talk more about, you host, you just host those raffles. Yeah. So guys will jump in on them, you know, or they can post them or whatever. And we'll uh, run them for them as a, you know, just something we do for them. Yeah. Because you like, uh, so like that's a, it's a, (laughs) you're right, dude. Uh, it's like something you buy into or something. Like you yeah. explained it to me. So you can. it's kind of like a group you buy into, and you could be thrown into a raffle. Yeah, you just buy a couple spots on it. and. Uh, but if you win, it's a good deal. Like, yeah, that's you know that's how I started. I bought. I was buying spots, and I figured out what I liked and didn't like from early musky fishing. And uh, so I'm not blowing $60 on a glide bait I hate. I only got <laughs> 20 bucks tied up into it. So, um, For lures, would you say you – do you like using small – like uh, makers, like small bait makers, or like, do you like? I've tried, I've tried and tried and tried and tried to use these little guys. I've my buddy Max makes his own baits. Can't buy them. You can only get them if he gives them to you. Oh, okay. So it's kind of cool if you get one. Um, his work fantastic up here. You you rip them like a twitch. Um, the small guys, yeah, not really. I, I'm usually using 
the big name like the your, big names yeah your uh musk innovations and your uh medusa mayhem uh, and all that yeah so yeah some like you know like the cottage industry some guys really support like really go after it. but you're right i mean one the one thing i noticed with the small ones they want a lot of money for them yeah and and you know and they should because i mean you're not getting rich doing them because I've, I've watched no. max make baits and you're not getting rich no and it, they're labor intensive exactly absolutely but the one thing with like when they're all handmade unless you're really good you're never gonna be able to buy the same lure twice no. there's gonna be something slightly different no. with hand, no. <clears throat> handmade but sometimes i would buy three lures because i want colors or backups or whatever yeah you know so but some of them are some i do have like uh my first muskie was made off by a guy that just carved it out in his garage yeah you know and uh but i have a few of those but yeah true usually usually i'm just in there buying a big you know yeah it's you know i i played the game of the expensive lures for a while and all my fish come on <clears throat> 20 30 dollar lures and I don't know why. It just I don't. That's what I have the most luck on. I'm with you. Like uh, by the, I don't even know what the thing. What are, what are, what does a cowgirl cost anymore? Fifteen twenty bucks for a cowgirl. Yeah, probably. Well, maybe yeah. maybe a little bit more. I'm I'm thinking of a spanky, because spankies are like you get a firefly spanky for like twelve bucks online. Yeah, because I I remember cowgirls. I I kind of picture. I would have bet them to be about thirty bucks right now. But that's like the top end of yeah, my. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, if you go. Yeah, the tens. I mean, you <clears> get them out of. When we go to Green Bay, we always pick some up. I had about maybe twenty five bucks, probably. But that's that's like the that's the high end of my muskie spending. Yeah, you know, because it's like uh, it, the one thing too is I'm not a collector, so I don't want like just stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, if it, it's am I going to use this? No or yes? Yes, so I'll buy it. You know, um, the other thing too. So like uh, when it comes to open water fishing, do you prefer now that you said well, but you got a boat? Uh, but do you like ice fishing more? Oh, I or love less? it. Yeah, I, I still love it. Um, you just haven't been going as much because we don't got the ice like we used to. Um, you used to, like we were just talking, you used to do that battle on the bay go type Yeah, stuff. used to go up there for tournaments and just go over the border for some smaller tournaments. And yeah, you, it, I still love doing it. It's just you don't, we don't got the ice. The problem too, when it, when you do get ice, sometimes it's only like three days. So you like, yeah. like I got to cancel plans yeah. because this is the only time you're going to have it. Yeah. And, you know. And uh, like it's it's funny you see the YouTube videos and it's like oh how to find whatever on early ice. It's like all we ever have is early ice because yeah. it only shows up for a few days, you know. And then uh, my only last question is: you ever do any fly fishing? I haven't. Never I even haven't. picked it up, just a whipping around a little bit. No, and... no, never have. Not that I don't want to, just never have. Yeah, if you don't have a need for it or an interest, yeah, or, you know, like uh, for instance, I've been fishing with Bush like Billy for twenty years. He's never picked up that fly. Yeah, around, you know, he's watched me do it. Uh, Pat's tried it a few times, but yeah. You're either it either clicks with you or yeah. You know? My dad loves it. He loves playing with it, but just uh, no, no. It's like it's like it's like you're a little ballerina out there throwing it, that thing around. It's not for me. It's inefficient. Yeah, it's, it's very it's a very inefficient way of fishing. I love it, but like if you're trying to cover water quickly, yeah, nothing like clicking a button, you know, cranking it in. And yeah, fly fishing's like oh, I'm gonna do all this work and I'm gonna get it out there sixty feet, you know. But there is there is benefits to it. Cold oh, water, yeah. you know, cold water, slow movements, buoyant. Neutral buoyant lures, uh, flies, you know, and uh, that's all I have. Anything else you want to throw in there? Anything else I didn't cover that you wanted to cover? Um, anything you want, pick up your trash. That's the biggest thing I see on the water. Pick up your trash, worm containers, beer yeah, bottles, something. I mean, ball of ball of line, yeah, that's that drives me absolutely nuts seeing a, a beer can flowing in the water, yeah, yeah, and then like, uh. If it goes out with you, it comes back in. Yeah, and even like if you break your rod, I don't know why I see this, but I see broken rods stuck in mud. I couldn't tell you how many rods I've pulled out of the water trolling. I've got a real nice St. Croix upstairs I use for trolling with a pen reel. 
I've pulled out of the water. I got 300 Lexa pulled out of the water trolling. So, yeah, I don't know why that those end up in the water like they do, but. The only thing I could think of is somebody's trolling with their drag set too tight and then, yeah, true. you know, snagged and pulled them right out. Who knows? Um, but you're right about trash because it yeah. is. It, it, in Illinois specifically, it's a problem. Yeah, it, it, you know? even if you're bank fisherman, I mean, you'll just you'll destroy a spot or you'll lose a spot. You know, the guys that perch fish over there on 87th Street, I mean, they got to clean up because I mean, there's security there and they will stop guys from going there. Yeah, because uh, was is either you or Phil telling me that just recently sold or they're trying to sell it or it, something like years that. Years ago, it was for sale for a while, so there was security there, so they let guys go in there to get their fish. But they, hey, you got to get out of here, and then you know, next round the guys will come in, get out, then. Um, I haven't been down there in years. I was just there a couple of weeks ago. It was shoulder to shoulder. Oh, nobody's yeah. catching well, anything. Well, fa- look on Facebook. Everyone posts on there. Oh, we're catching jumbos, jumbos. There in Navy Pier. Yeah, Navy Pier, I see that blow yeah. up. But um, that 87th Street, like you said, you, if you guys beat that up too much, they'll just not let you yeah, there they, anymore. Yeah, you don't have, they're not, you're not allowed to go in there in the first place. So. Yeah, because it, it is privately owned, I think. It I is privately can... owned, and they're, you know, for insurance reasons, they can't have you back there. And there's a lot of spots, like, for instance, I fish uh, Waukegan Harbor. Yeah. I think they could just tell you to stop coming. Yeah. I think that's all privately owned, like that whole pier and everything. I think that's all privately I owned. I think you can, well, I, I take that back. I know we used to fish out of Winthorpe, ice fishing, and you can only be on the first two or three piers out when you ice fish that harbor. Oh, okay. That's good to know, though. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, I think that big basin, is that what it's called or something? That There's a big boat shop there that they pull the big charter boats out and stuff yeah. like that. And, uh but I think that whatever's on, I thought on Waukegan, they own that. Maybe. And uh, But, I mean, if you treat it like crap, they'll be like, oh, yeah, no Yeah, more. get out of here. You know? Yeah. So that's all I have. Anything else you got? No, that's it. All right. Any comments, questions? You can find Mike on Musky Money Real Service, the LLC on Facebook, the Facebook page. Um, or you can email me at themidwestfrontier at gmail.com. And that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.